0: What he promises to do And that is exciting news for us The author Of Gulliver's Travels Jonathan Swift Had an unusual way of greeting people Here's what he would say He would say May you live Every day of your life May you live Every day of your life Looking back over this past Year How many days of your life did you really live? Living life at its best. That should be what the Christian life is about. Living life to its fullest. And as I was reading today, I found that the Apostle Paul really tried to do that. He really tried to live life to its fullest. Certainly no man in the Bible had more excuses to live a miserable life. But instead, while Paul went about doing good, what happened to him? You've read the scriptures. You've read that he was arrested falsely many times. Paul was beaten unjustly. Paul was imprisoned, Paul was shipwrecked, Paul often went without food, Paul was afflicted with uh, many numbers of illnesses, yet this man, Paul, seemed to live life at its fullest. Now, most of us realize that we are not living life to its fullest. Someone asked me, hey, Bill, how you doing? And you know what I tell them? I'm blessed. How's things been happening for you, Bill? Doing great. Things been going good, Bill? Super. But then if I'm honest with myself, I know that behind the mask, it's not always that way, is it? It's not always great. It's not always super. And sometimes I don't always feel blessed. I know deep in my heart that sometimes there's just got to be a better way than the way that things have been going. Jesus said that he came to bring life and to bring life more abundantly. So my question for you this morning is this. Is your life abundant? Are you living... The abundant life. While in in prison, Paul is about to reveal to you and I the secret of living life to its fullest even when it seems like it's falling apart. Let's read about it in Philippians chapter 3. This is familiar scripture, some of my favorites. Here's the secret to living life at its fullest even when it seems like life is falling apart. Paul says, not that I have already attained, that is, not that I already have it together, or that I'm already perfected, that I got it made, but I press on for that which I lay hold of, which is Christ Jesus and what he has laid hold of my life. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, that is, I ain't no expert, but one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As I share this morning, I find that there are three groups of people here today. And you need to try to identify yourself in one of these three groups. The first group is the group of satisfied people. You're resting on your own achievements. You're saying, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. I've arrived. I'm satisfied with my life. And friend, if that's the case, tomorrow just doesn't have a whole lot of meaning for you. Why? Because you're already there. You're satisfied with things as they are. The second group of people are dissatisfied people. Dissatisfied people. Maybe you are dissatisfied with yourself. Maybe you are dissatisfied with other people. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your church. Maybe you're dissatisfied with life's circumstances. In such a condition, tomorrow doesn't hold much promise for you. Because tomorrow, you're going to carry that same dissatisfied attitude right into that day with you. You're satisfied or you're dissatisfied... Or maybe you're just unsatisfied. And I believe that Paul puts himself in that category. And I pray that you will too. That you will say, I am unsatisfied. It's the condition where we believe that there's got to be more to this life than how I'm living it now. It's that condition that says, there's got to be more that I can do with this life. It's where we grasp the fact that we are far from finished. We got a lot more to do, a lot more living to do, a lot more serving to do, a lot more honoring God to do. And if that's the case for you, tomorrow has much in store for you. Paul said, I haven't arrived. I ain't got it all together. I am no expert. But one thing I do. What's he saying there? He's saying I've pulled together all my thoughts. I've refocused on all my goals. I've I've checked into all my purposes. And I'm shaping them all into one simple goal. One simple purpose. Sometime in the very near future, Bethel is going to be beginning a purpose-driven life group that will meet every Sunday morning at 930. And in this life group, we will lay out five specific purposes that every believer needs in his or her life. Friend, I want to encourage you that if you are not already plugged into a life group, that starting on that Sunday, you will become part of this one. Everyone needs to know, what on earth am I here for? Amen? You see, we all need focus. We all need to focus on what our purpose in life is. We have to decide, where is it that I'm going to focus my life? And today, in six little words, three couplets in the Bible, we find practical tips on how to decide what our goal and what our purpose in life should be. Number one. Forget yesterday. Forget yesterday. Paul says, forgetting what is behind. Now, I looked at Paul in the scriptures and I said, Paul, that's a little bit easier said than done. It's hard to forget yesterday. But friend, listen to this. Life, it will never be all that it can be if you're toting all your yesterdays on your shoulders. You're going to have to move forward without yesterday catching a ride on your back. They weigh us down. They hinder us. And they tear away from what God has in store for our lives. Paul says, forget. But notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, erase it from your mind. He says, forget, but don't erase it from your mind. In fact, uh, in the verses preceding the one I shared, Paul tells about when he was a boy, when he was born and how he grew up. In verse 4, he says, if anyone thinks that he has confidence in the flesh, me more so. Amen? He says, when I was a baby, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was the stock of Israel. I was born into the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, when I grew up, I became a Pharisee. And concerning zeal, man, I was so good, I persecuted the church. And he said, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, man, look at me. I'm blameless. But what things were, say were. What things were gained to me, these I have counted as loss for Christ. He didn't uh, completely forget yesterday He just kept yesterday from impeding his progress. He kept yesterday from absorbing his attention and distracting him from the future that God had in store for him. He didn't say forget it. He just said, don't let it stop you from your God-given goal. Today, Bethel Baptist is 106 years young. Amen. Praise the Lord. Worthy of celebration. It is awesome to be able to celebrate what God has done And what God promises to do in the future. But friend, listen. You can't stop on what God has done. The past is not a place to stop. The past is something in which we build on and keep moving forward. You can't change the past. But listen to this. You can change the meaning of it. Amen? You can change the meaning of the past. We're facing new days. We're going to encounter another wonderful year. And that being the case, it's probably time for us to leave something behind. It's probably time for us to leave something at the starting line as we start our new race in this new year. It's time to move on, it's time to move forward. The only question is, are you moving on with us or are you going to stay at the starting line? It's your choice. What will you do? See, the race is not run looking backwards. Amen? Nobody ever run a race looking backward. So what does Paul say? Forget yesterday. Don't let yesterday impede your progress. Number two. Live today. Live today. Paul says he's trying as hard as he can to reach forward, to move forward. Suppose for a second that a doctor told you you got six months to live. Do you know there are people in our community who have been told that? What if the doc said you got one week? What if the doc said This is your last day. What would you do? You'd no doubt be doing something, amen? Probably doing a lot of praying, amen? But then in addition to the praying, you'd probably be writing some letters. Maybe making a video for your family. You'd be doing some praying, amen? Amen? In addition to that praying, you'd probably be making a few phone calls. In addition to those phone calls, you'd probably be doing some praying, amen? 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 All right, in addition to that praying, you'd probably also be making some visits, maybe encouraging some people. And on top of that, you'd probably be doing some praying. Amen? Amen, you'd be praying. In addition to that praying, you'd probably be sharing the good news about Jesus. Amen? And then you'd be doing some more praying. Amen? We'd all be praying. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. You may have a whole laundry list of things you'd do if today was your last day. But God only promises us today. He only gives you today. This day that you're living now is the only day you're promised. You're already breathing in it. This is the only day that he promises you're going to have. Not one of us is promised tomorrow. But we assume we're going to have plenty of tomorrows, don't we? We live like we're going to have plenty of tomorrows. That's just not the case. We're only assured of today. So, friend, don't try to say, you know, Bill, I'd live, I'd live today, if things were different. You know, what if, what if I had a little bit more money? If I, had, if I had a little bit more money, then I could live today. Friend, listen here. Don't be an ifer. Amen. Don't be a what ifer. Don't be an ifer. Instead, say this is the day that God has given to me. I'm going to live this day that God has given to me in the place that he's placed me. I am going to live today where I am. Because this is the only day that he's promised me. You know what the busiest day is going to be? Someday everybody's got a little block in their schedule that's set apart for what someday well guess what someday may never show live today live today live where you are friend but not only where you are live today with purpose The great Yankee catcher Yogi Berra said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll likely end up somewhere else. (laughs) Amen? There's a lot of truth in that. And I think that's what Paul is saying here too. Paul is saying, wherever I am, whatever circumstances are going on before me, I have this one great overriding purpose in my life. And he says it at the end of verse 13. I'm going to reach forward to those things that are ahead. I'm going to press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to live my life with that purpose. Friend, only Jesus can give you the purpose in your life. Only the Lord Jesus. He is the one who created you in the womb of your mother. He is the one who birthed this church 106 years ago. He is the one. And as individuals and as a church, we only find our purpose living in Christ. You'll only find your purpose living in Christ, not for somebody else, not for your spouse, not for your family not for a group of people, living for Jesus. Not over there, not over here, not somewhere else, but where you are. Where you are, live for Jesus. Live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he tells you to do is he says, be content where God has placed you. But listen here, don't be content standing still. Be content to serve where you are, but don't you be content standing still. Be about the Lord's business. Amen? Six words. Three couplets. Forget yesterday. Live today. Trust tomorrow. Trust tomorrow. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, he says this to you this morning. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will come to you. And then he goes on to say, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Instead of worrying about tomorrow, let us develop a trust about tomorrow. Bill, what in the world are you talking about? Here's what I mean. Sometimes we need to trust tomorrow to what God can do in us today. You hear that? We trust tomorrow to what God can do in us today. There are some things that I can do today that will help me fulfill what God wants to do to me or through me tomorrow. Let me give you an example. Let me start this way. If you would help me out. Whenever I point to this side of the congregation, I want you to say loudly, Today. Today. Very good. This side, whenever I point to you, I want you to say, Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Louder. Tomorrow. Okay. A student can study Today. for a test Tomorrow. if a student doesn't study He's likely going to fail. Think of a salesperson. A salesperson makes sales calls so he can get a commission. If he doesn't sell anything, he ain't going to get no money. We need to trust tomorrow to what God can do in us and through us today. So to be the Christian that God has called you to be. Man, y'all are like halfway in between, ain't you? Let's try that again. To be the Christian that God has called you to be. That means you're going to have to be on your knees in the word of God and living obediently. I threw y'all for a loop, I know. To see your loved ones. Your lost loved ones come to know Jesus (coughs) means you're going to have to be praying and sharing the good news. To be in good health means that you're going to have to exercise, eat right, sleep right, and take care of your body. Y'all are preaching this for me. This is easy. I love this. (laughs) To see this, this church grow will require your time, effort, faithfulness, money, and prayers. Friends, there are no labor-saving devices for building a church. No labor-saving devices for building a church. Becoming all that God wants us to be requires time, it requires effort, it requires attention, it requires care. And listen, the reason that God has brought us so far for the last 106 years is so that we will go further. Amen? He wants us to go further. He doesn't want us to rest on our laurels. He doesn't want us to stop. He wants us to build on what He's already done for the past 106 years. How much further depends on your actions Think about it. We are determining our future right now. Right now. We must trust on what God can do through us. It's pretty easy, isn't it? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's not that difficult to receive what God has for us tomorrow. We have to be paying attention today. But we also need to trust tomorrow to God to do the things we can't do. And there are a lot of things we can't do. See, God is in our tomorrows. God promises that he will be in our tomorrows, that he will take care of that very important time for us. He promises that. It's the same God who's seen us through thus far. It's the same God who has blessed us for the last 106 years. And it's the same God who's paving the way into our tomorrows. It's the same God. And he's trustworthy. On July 4th, 1952, Florence Chadwick waded into the icy cold waters off Catalina Island to begin her 21-mile swim to the coast of California. As she stepped in, she put her toe in, amen, and it was cold. The water was ice cold. The fog was so thick it was like peanut butter. They had uh, actually had shooters in the escort boats to shoot sharks that tried to nip at her feet. And as she was swimming toward the California coast, For 15 hours, she swam, and then she got within half a mile of the coast, and she quit. She quit. And after she got out of the water and she thawed out a little bit, she said, look, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen through the fog and seen that land, I'd have made it. Two months later, Florence dives in again on a clear, beautiful day. And she set a new record for that 21-mile swim. What's the point, Bill? Verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. If we'll just keep our eyes on Jesus, if we'll just focus and trust him for that last half mile... If we'll just trust Him for the whole future of our tomorrows, friend, you'll be excited about what He'll do in the life of this church. There's a Christian song. I bet the boat rights know it. The lyrics go like this. There's no problem so big that God can't solve it. There's no mountain so tall that God can't move it. There's no storm so dark that God can't calm it. There's no sorrow so deep that God can't soothe it. If he carried the weight of of the world on his shoulders, I know, my brother, that he will carry you. Bethel Baptist. God is in our future. He's in our future, and he's going to lead us to a whole host of tomorrows. See, tomorrow, tomorrow is worth our investment today. It's worth it because God is trustworthy. So there's your simple, uh, simple formula. It's a simple solution to enjoying and getting the most out of every day. What does he say? Forget yesterday. Hey, build on it. Build from it. But live today. Live where you are. Bloom where you're planted. Amen. Bloom where you're planted. Give it all you got. Live today. And trust tomorrow. Because friend, tomorrow is where God is. God is there in our tomorrows. What a way to start our 107th year together as a church. Or... What a way to start a new chapter in your own life. Consider this. Lou Holtz said this. He said, if you don't make a total commitment to what you're doing, then when the boat springs a leak, you're going to be the first one looking to bail out. It's tough enough getting the boat to shore with everybody rowing, much less when one guy stands up and starts putting on his life jacket. Now's not the time to bail. We're just getting going good, amen? Now's not the time to bail. Now is the time to make a commitment. Now's the time to start rowing. Some of us need to start this brand new day by trusting the Lord Jesus with our whole life. You know the one. The one who promises to forgive us of our past. You know the one. The one who promises to give purpose. To our todays. You know the one. The one who has promised to uh, make sure that we have hope for tomorrow. You know who I'm talking about? It's Jesus. Others may need to come and say, You know Bill, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. But I need to recommit my life. I need to recommit my life to the Lord Jesus. I need to let my yesterdays be gone. And I need to start looking forward. To the the tomorrows my Lord has in store for me. Some of us just need to get in the race. Some of us have been spectators long enough, and there's no glory in watching somebody else. I want you to know that God is counting on you, that this church needs you, every one of you. You're needed. You're wanted. And God wants to use you mightily. Others may need to come and just proclaim to be a part of this church family. Friend, why not invest today in what the Lord Jesus will do through you tomorrow? Why not become part of a family who will love you and encourage you and help you in your walk, disciple you and and share your heartache, and share your victories too. Won't you join the race? Join the race toward all those wonderful tomorrows that the Lord has in store for us. I'm going to pray for you. And during this decision time, Shelley and Elizabeth are going to share with us again. And during their song, I pray that if the Lord has spoke to you, you'll come forward and you'll make that decision that will change the course of your life. Let's pray together.